Hi, this is Claire from Come Back Brighter. You're listening to my podcast about healing after narcissistic abuse. Welcome. Hello there, it's Claire from Come Back Brighter here. I'm going to talk to you today about feeling safe because um, it's something I don't talk about very often, but something that I think is very, very important when you realize that you've gone through narcissistic abuse. Um, and that can be from a parent or from a partner. But but it's slightly different if it's from a parent because you're you're in a child uh, as a child, you're raised in a very toxic environment. And you never feel love, approval, supported, or safe. And this is a deliberate ploy by the narcissist. They don't want any family member to feel safe because then the focus is off the narcissist and everybody will relax. But the truth is in the narcissistic family or with a narcissistic partner, they want to maintain this power over everybody where they can decide whether or not people will survive. This is what I think it boils down to because we fear being abandoned by the narcissist. And if we felt safe, then the narcissist doesn't have that massive power and control over us. And what could happen is, you know, the, the, the family members start to feel safe. They then might like come together and work against the narcissist. So they might like be a united force against the narcissist. And the narcissist deliberately sets up an environment of fear and of competition. And they and they deliberately foster this kind of like love is a reward so that any child or any other family member. So it could actually be the narcissist partner. Anyone that does anything that reflects well on the narcissist will be rewarded by the narcissist's love. And I'm saying that in air quotes because it's not real love. It's not unconditional love. It's not the love that you're looking for when you're uh, in a narcissistic family. It's The love will be expressed in a different way. It will be expressed as attention or praise or money or gifts it will be expressed in that way. And just as quickly as you might start to think, oh, this is good, I'm enjoying this, that love might be taken away from you again. So it's, it's really important to, to mention that you will not ever feel safe with a narcissist. There may be days when things aren't that bad, when, when they haven't taken offense to something that you've said, when they haven't caused drama or chaos and when the time with that you spent with them has gone quite smoothly okay but like I said in my last video they'll still be getting those little pics at you they'll still be digging at you and sniping at you and making little snidey comments just because they have to they can't stop themselves from doing that because they're so deeply unpleasant but you'll never feel safe you'll never feel safe to be yourself to express your character, to express your interests, to 
you know, to uh, you'll never feel safe within the family either. You'll never feel like you truly belong. You'll never feel like your family members have got your back. You'll never feel like everybody supports you. And I think the effects of that are not to be underestimated. This is a massive thing to take into adulthood with you. And I think the thing that I've realized is, is that um, what happened when it came to my husband was he became my safe place. So, and, and it was because I knew that he loved me, I could be myself, but I could also kind of push it a little bit. So because I, I wasn't, I never felt that safety and security within my family. What I did with when it came to my husband was I'd be really unreasonable. And I can see now how that was complete and utter fallout from what I'd been through with my narcissistic family. Comple completely. That's 100% why I did it. Because I'd all this, I'd had 20 years or whatever it was of being with my family where I couldn't say anything, where I had to like suppress myself, where I had to conceal my emotions, where I had to push everything down that I was feeling, where I wasn't allowed to have an opinion or or a like or be interested in something. And then what, what happened when it came to my husband was it was like I went from one extreme to the other. So I went from being all this repressed not talking about things, not getting angry, um, not being allowed to be myself, to to this kind of really unreasonable, like quite neurotic, really now, I look back, um, individual who who really did, I treated him terribly. And I can only see it now. I can only see it now. And I can only understand now that I'd gone from being feeling really unsafe to feeling safe. And this was one of the consequences of it where where it, it it was such a strange sensation for me but i knew that he would forgive me i knew that i could be myself i knew that i could be unreasonable i knew that i could be vile like i was on occasions and he would forgive me for it which was i'd never experienced that before so i think that's really important to mention is that the, the thing is about this is you can kind of look at it and think well mm, i had narcissistic parents and you know, you just look at it as like your childhood, okay? Or or maybe you look at it and, until the time that you went no contact. But the thing is, we do drag this stuff with us. We do drag the stuff that we went through as children into our adult life. Um, and that's not to say, right, that, you know, when I was with my husband, I was still talking to my mum and dad. And they they were still my priority. They were still more important to me than than my husband and that's an awful thing to admit that's terrible it was and it, it came down to things like when I think about like arrangements of Christmas it was always like my parents whatever they wanted came first there was no other option as far as I was concerned if they wanted me there Christmas Eve Christmas Day that was what I was going to do and if my husband wanted to do something a little bit different then maybe we would it would look like a compromise so we'd maybe go over to them Christmas, go over to my in-laws on Christmas night or something. But it it wasn't. It was just I had to still make sure that they were like pleased with me. I had to do that. I had to I still had to continue to try to earn their love and approval. 
That's how it felt. And that, that, that affected every area of my adult life. So, so whenever, and I don't, didn't realize it at the time because it was, it was subconscious. Okay. This is the thing we don't realize it's subconscious. It's, it's not, it, I don't, I never thought to myself things like if I quit my job, my dad's going to be angry because it had in on the, on the surface, it had nothing to do with him. Okay. I was independent of him. I was renting a house. I wasn't living with them. I had no debts with them. I had no obligations to them um on the surface of it but i knew that i feared his disapproval if i quit my job and i hated telling him that stuff because i knew that he would be like he'd suck his teeth and he'd say oh well you're gonna find you're gonna find it difficult to find a new job and and then i'd feel this like you know at a time if you quit your job you're not you're not doing it because you're doing it for fun you're doing it because you've the stressful environment that you've been in Maybe you've had a narcissistic boss. Maybe your mental health is is diminishing because of the effects of you being at work, all this stuff. You're not doing it for fun. And I never got the support for that. He Sure, he would seem that he wanted to give me support, but all it really was was that so that he could have a front row seat to my suffering. That's all it was. He never truly offered me advice. He never truly offered me support. He just wanted to see me suffering. And then what he wanted to do was just start putting the needle in. You know, he'd just be like, oh, well, there's not many jobs like that in this area. Oh, you'll be like, make sure that you can pay your rent. You know, oh, the cost of this is going up. There's going to be more expensive for you. All these little things to just, to make me afraid. And that, well, that was still, as an adult, independent of him, still making me feel insecure, still making me feel unsafe, even though my life had nothing to do with him at this point. Or, you know, my my living arrangements and my finances and everything, I was independent from him. But he still would just put these little seeds of doubt in my head. Are you sure you want to go for that job? Oh, it's a long way and you know that you don't like driving in nighttime. So sometimes it was like stuff like he would say that sounded like he was concerned about me. And I loved that. This is how sick it is. I loved it when he appeared to be concerned about me because I was like, oh, wow, he does care. But this is what happens. We're still seeking their love and approval. We're still looking for safety and security with these people, even when we're in our adulthood. And that's because of the trauma that we've been through as children. And we can take, fortunately, my husband could see through all the crap that I put him through. Fortunately, he could see that. He could, And he, I don't know what he saw in me because I didn't see it in myself, but but he saw something different in me than than I did at the time. And he stuck with me, despite everything that we've been through and how and how on occasions I treated him badly. So this is this is, I think, what happens. And then I think as you mature and and definitely as I've realized about narcissistic personality disorder, because I was with my husband for a long time before I realized about it. It's only now when I look back that I can see I did this because of the trauma in my childhood. I did this because I didn't feel safe. I did this because I didn't feel secure. And and those things that I did right at the beginning of our relationship and maybe maybe even for the first 10 years were not like good and healthy behaviors. They were not behaviors of a healed, balanced, happy, safe and secure person. 
because I've been through all that crap in my childhood. And you can't just negate that overnight. Your husband or your wife or your partner, whoever they are, can't be everything to you to replace that and make up for it. And that's effectively what I was doing. I was like, you know, he's going to make up for for it. I And I relied on him. So I was like codependent. I needed him. And that's not healthy for a relationship. But I only truly see it now. I only truly see it, truly see it now when I see, when I've acknowledged that both my parents had narcissistic personality disorder, as far as I'm concerned, right? They have had their own opinions but uh, but I went through it. I lived it. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's undeniable. Uh, they'll never get tested. They'll never go to see somebody to get formally diagnosed, of course, because that's not the nature of someone with narcissistic personality disorder. It becomes everybody else's problem. That's the thing. It's not the person who has NPD that suffers. Well, they do, but they take their suffering out on everyone around them. And that starts in their immediate family so that will be their partner and their kids and then it will be in the extended family and then it will be in every single interaction that they have so that might be talking to the neighbor that might be when they go to the, go to the shops that might be just walking down the street that it everybody will know there's something off about these people they won't like them they won't want to be with them necessarily some people do they don't see it but that's what happens you see so so it and then it's realizing the effects of the abuse on you which is the massive thing okay it's not so much realizing that your parent had it or your partner had it it's about breaking free for sure 100% but it's also about realizing how it has affected you and working through that okay working through that to heal from it until you come to a place of much more maturity and realizing that whilst you couldn't rely on your parents, you can't then rely on your adult relationship that you have or your friendships that you have. You can't rely on it. It's something that you've got to do for yourself. It's something you've got to do for yourself. And it takes a while. It takes a long time to process it. It takes a long time to acknowledge the abuse that you've been through. It takes a long time to validate yourself and to, to say, yes, that was abusive. And then it takes a long time to realize the effects on you and how that's been, how that has affected your lifetime up until the point that you realize and you're starting to heal. And I think that's really important. The most, I personally think the most important thing is to feel safe. And that doesn't matter how old you are. But having been through a childhood where you have not felt safe, and you've not felt secure and you've spent your like all your time, all your time within the home is spent with you on tenderhooks. And actually out of the home, too, because I tell you what. It, it would follow me. It, it would be worse at home because if my dad was in a bad mood, it would be like the thundercloud that just wouldn't follow him around. But it would it would settle over the whole of the house. Every body would know everybody would know even the animals would know oh he's not in a good mood let's stay out of the way because it settled like a black cloud over us but it but it also affected me outside it also affected me when i went to school 
because I, at the back of my mind all the time was, Dad's going to be cross if I do this thing. Or if I got into trouble, the, my immediate thought was, I'm going to be in trouble with Dad. And tr trouble with Dad didn't mean, oh, I might get grounded or, you know, I might get my privilege taken away for a week or whatever. Trouble with Dad meant that he might say to me, it's time to pack your bags. Or he might actually just have physically thrown me out of the house. So I carried it everywhere with me. And I, I remember one particular occasion, me and a friend of mine, there was like the way that it was set up at our school is that everybody would queue outside the canteen and it would be like certain years would go in. So it wouldn't be like everybody in the school all going at the same time. And every year had a time slot for when they could go in for lunch because there were so many kids. And so the kids were queuing up. It wasn't our year. And what we decided to do is we decided to sneak around the back and we got caught. And we said to the teacher that we were going to the toilet because there were toilets in there. And he said to us uh, to just come and see him at the end of lunchtime. And we went to see him at lunchtime. And, and my parents don't know this. <laughs> They've never known this. He gave us both a yellow slip. Now, the punishment system in our school was if you did something bad in, in lesson time, you'd get what they called a pink slip. And that was, you know, that was like, you know, your form tutor found out about it and everything else. And But if it was outside of lesson time in, in break times or maybe before or after school, you got a yellow slip. And the, the rule was if you got one of these slips, pink or yellow, um, your parents weren't notified. But if you got two of them, then your parents would be notified and they'd be called in for a chat. But of course, everybody at the school, you know, you're all your teacher, well, your form tutor and the teacher who gave the slip would know. And maybe it was reported to the head teacher or it was noted somewhere that you had this slip. But I was absolutely devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And my friend couldn't understand. She couldn't understand why I cried. I cried. I sobbed my heart out all lunchtime. Um, we had registry after lunchtime, registration after lunchtime. And then we had afternoon lessons. I cried through reg registration. I could not stop crying. And I realize now when I look back, it was because I was terrified that my father was going to find out that I got a yellow slip. And that, and this was when I was like 14, 15 years old, when he'd already threatened to chuck me out. Over, I can't even remember what it was about. So it was probably nothing. He'd already threatened to chuck me out. So I thought if he found out about the yellow slip, then that was it. I was going to be out. No negotiation, no discussion. Just right, literally chuck me out and lock the door on me and then go, right, you're off, you're off on your own. Not, you know, nothing. And that's what I was so concerned about. And I, I envy my friend a little bit because, um, because now I look back and I think she didn't care. She didn't care. And I think she'd got pink slips and she didn't care. She was secure enough with her parents to know that she was all right. But I didn't have that. I didn't have that. And like I say, my parents, I mean, don't know to this day that I got a yellow slip. <laughs> but uh, but for me, that was like like a natural reaction. That was like, I, I didn't know that's what it was. I couldn't articulate that's what it was. But I knew that I was deeply afraid. I was deeply, deeply afraid. Um, and I wasn't a kid that cried a lot of school because uh, I didn't go to a great school. And um, 
if you cry, then like I said, I think I said before, like like sharks smelling blood, they 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 they'd circle and attack. You know, if there was any vulnerability or any perceived weakness to you. So it was, I was very, very careful not to cry at home for the same reasons, you know, sharks would attack and the same at school. So for me to sob like that for, for the hours until there was nothing left was my abject fear, my utter terror at how my father would react. So I just wanted to share that with you. If you've made any realizations, if this has brought anything up for you, then please comment below or you can email me, Claire. C-L-A-R-E, comebackbrighter at gmail.com. Bye.